Two broadcasters go down to Woke America. Ellen's been a bad girl. And yes, we will have college football. We think for now. Let's talk about it. Brand new air attack right now. Uh, we're back, and still no stimulus package for those of you waiting for it. Sorry. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but that's ridiculous. I mean, people need help. My God. I, I blame everybody for that. So hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully somebody acts like an adult sometime soon and gets you guys your money. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry that's going on with some of you guys. But life does go on, and it looks like college football will be part of it. That actually ties in, by the way. You know, when you talk about what's going on with COVID and everything else, we know people have lost jobs. We know people are out of work, yada, yada, yada. I'm not trying to glaze over that. I'm not trying to be depressing about it. It's just something, you know, that goes on and it's part of life. College football being canceled would have been a really big deal. And I, I was dead wrong. And I'm, I'm happy sometimes to admit that I'm wrong. Here's a perfect example of that. It looks like they're playing. And you do have a slight problem with some teams with positive tests. I get all that. You've got bigger problems, though, with kids on campus and especially kids off campus. And look, they're college kids, okay? They'll act how they act. They live in cramped quarters to begin with, especially on campus. Some of the off-campus things, I mean, I, I've, you know, me personally, I've lived in an off-campus apartment where it was three guys to a bedroom, just how it was. Maybe things have changed. Maybe some of you, you know, some of these kids have moved up in the world. Even frat houses, usually the kids have their own room, the older ones especially, but, you know, they're dirty. The college kids are just dirty. I mean, they're just, they're often not that bright either. They think they are because, hey, they're in college, but they're just not that smart. And as far as off-campus kids, you can't tell off-campus kids what to do. They're off-campus. So I'm not sure what they thought would happen bringing kids back to college. Now, you may say it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. You know, uh, we're, you know I'm not trying to go drama queen here You know, with all these positive tests. I'm, I'm just saying that the virus is still around. So if you care about kids testing positive, right, why'd you bring them back to school like this? Now, you could go the other direction and say, hey, listen, they're kids. They're healthy. They're strong. You know, if they're not obese, they don't have, you know, Crohn's disease or diabetes or something like that, they should be okay. You know, they, they should be all right coming back and it's a chance they're willing to take, yada, yada. That's fine. But if you're going to if you're going to bitch and moan about every positive test, then you shouldn't bring the kids back. So, I mean, it's a big deal for a lot of people to be able to live their lives to have college football back. It's still going to be limited because the number of fans is limited and that's going to hurt them, too. But it's not going to hurt them nearly as much as not having college football. Bottom line. And like I say, I know you got some teams that have had to pause operations. I think NC State was one of the latest ones just to throw it out there. But now you look like you have a season where they're going to go without the the Pac-12 and without the Big Ten. And I thought about it, and I'm like, well, that's not really – it kind of seems illegitimate, you know. And it, it sucks as a Penn State guy to see Penn State rank seven in the preseason polls and know that they're probably not going not gonna to play. And Penn State, Ohio State this year was on my birthday. I was actually, you know, toying with the idea of going out there. Not happening now. And I said, let's just wait and see what happens with all this stuff. And now there's just no fans anyway, so what's the point? There's no, Well, no, no fans. There's also, also no game. So there's definitely no point in doing that. But, you know, it is what it is. I know some of the smaller conferences aren't going to play. I understand that for, for money reasons. They really can't afford to play. The spring football thing, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, that's, I think that's just all. I really just think that's all smoke and mirrors. I think that's just people saying, hey, look, things aren't that bad because Basically, these conferences have copped out. They decided they didn't want to take a chance. I really thought the Big 12 would go that direction, and when the Big 12 went, that would kind of take everyone else sort of down the drain. I was wrong. So it'll be a strange season. I don't know what they'll do with TV slots and whatnot. I don't know if you'll have as many Friday games and Thursday games and things of that nature. We'll have to see what happens. I don't know. You know, But there will be football by for all, all appearances right now. It appears there will be football, and you'll have a season. So good for them. 
Now, as far as what they're going to do with these kids, they got to keep them in some kind of bubble. Basically, the team's got to be in a bubble. They can be, you know, where they are on campus. You go to practice. You eat where you eat. You've got to be separated from the other kids. I know with some of these guys and their social agenda, that's not going to fly. And I'm going to get to that later with the Mike Milbury story because that is ridiculous. You had two broadcasters have a big problem in the past couple weeks. One, you understand. The Mike Milbury thing is a joke. Okay, and that, and that was this is a consideration for college football players. You're telling me they're going to go four months without seeing their girlfriends? That's, re, that, that's preposterous. Okay, maybe they'll do it. But it is, it's a big, big ask. But it's going to have to be something like that because the college kids in general, the general population of college students is going to have a problem spreading this around just because of their behavior. You can see it already. Notre Dame was virtue signaling, I mean, to, I mean, to the max. Signs everywhere. In fact, the guy who was running Notre Dame, I think it was going to be on news programs. I think it was going to be on some of the Sunday morning shows earlier this week. Ended up canceling. And you know why? They've had a big problem at Notre Dame. They went from this braggadocious, look at us, look how woke we are. We got this mask thing going on, social distancing, all over social media. Boom, outbreak, because they trace it back to an off-campus party, which of course you do. And now the guy doesn't even want to come on TV, which really is a little bit, that's what's really not too cool. You know, if you're going to go on there to gloat, go on there to take the heat also. But that's Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame thinks they're better than everybody else. That's okay. That's, that's kind of par for the course there. So we will see how it plays out. But for now, it looks like you're having college football. And that's, a good news. That, that's good news for a lot of people. I mean, obviously, morale and the gamblers and everything else and people who just love sports and want to watch with their kid or whatever, they, whatever it is. But it's also big for a lot of people's livelihoods because it looks like some of these areas are actually going to allow tailgating if, even if they don't allow fans. So that, that's money. That's money for a lot of areas, bottom line. The other, we had a couple of really big stories this week. Um, I guess the Ellen thing kind of dragged on for, for a few weeks, but we'll go to Jacob Blake first. Another shooting involves the cops. We know how this works. He's black, they're white, and here we go. You have such a rush to judgment here, and I have this conversation all the time, and I don't care. If, I don't care if it's unpopular. You know, I came out on Twitter immediately and said something about this. You follow me on Twitter, by the way, at BC, aka the man. Um, you have very short. And, and clearly trimmed video because he didn't start the video. No, no one ran their cell phone video for 12 seconds. The guy gets shot. They're gonna oh, the guy got shot. Let me stop. No. And you know damn well he most likely started recording well before the guy started walking to his car because the cops all had their guns drawn. And he's clearly walking away from cops who have told him to stop walking. You can hear someone telling him over and over again to drop whatever's in his hand. You hear someone saying, just drop it. You can hear, you can hear if you listen to the video more, more carefully, you can hear them say, drop the knife. And your witness is saying, oh, you didn't have a knife. You have no way of knowing he didn't have a knife. You either see a knife or you don't see a knife. You don't know that he didn't have a knife. Because depending on whatever angle you have, just like the camera, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect what you can actually see. Supposedly he's breaking up a fight with two women, but I mean, why why are you pulling over with your kids in the car and breaking up a fight with two women? What do you, what is what does it have to do with the story as it as it evolves? It turns out he most likely was involved in the fight, and yes, he did have a knife. There's a picture now suggesting he had a short blade in his hand. There are also witnesses who say he was going to his car to get his gun, and that's what he said to the officers. So we, and we know the rest. Okay, he opens the door to his car and then he reaches inside, and that did not work out well. Obviously, okay. Thankfully, he survives. And then the cops attend to him right away, which is kind of weird after shooting at him seven times. Which, the seven times thing, I understand this. The bottom line, guys, once the cops start shooting, you know, they're not going to be like on a bullet limit. I, I'm not even trying to make light of that. It's just not going to happen. Okay, it's, it's not going to work out that way. If they think there's a reason to shoot, they're shooting. And there was three of them there. Now, it looked like a couple of them might have had a bad angle, especially one of them. But once you shoot, you shoot. You're trying to stop the guy from going to, going to his car. Bottom line, once your hands disappear... It's, it's bad news. 
That's just common sense. That's not about black. That's not about white. That's not about, it's just about common sense. Their guns are pulled. Why are you making your hands disappear? And we know how this goes now. The reaction goes right according to the new formula. You blame the cops because they're white and he's black and now here's an opportunity. You hire an attorney who basically hires himself. And in this case, it's Ben Crump, who just happened to be the same guy who was hired by Ahmaud Arbery's family and Breonna Taylor's family. Okay? You say he's unarmed. You don't really know that, but you say he's unarmed. Which, by the way, he doesn't have to have a gun. If he reaches for what looks like a gun, what do you think happens next? We see this happen all the time. Let's stop acting surprised, okay? And this is what happens when you tell people, hey, listen, you don't have to listen to the cops. Fuck the police, right? Well, listen, you can think that, but there's certain times you can't act it. And this is just one of them. So you put a story out. Oh, he's unarmed. You emphasize certain details. He was shot in the back multiple times, seven times. His kids were in the car. Everyone picked up that angle. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders... Mary Trump. Sorry, Mary. I, 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 I'm still not reading your book. I'm, I'm, I really, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know when I'm going to make the time to not read the rest of it. But I've, I've gotten. I've not read the first part about it either. Another dud. Anyway. And then in this case, you make up a story. You make up a little narrative. He's just a jogger. Hands up, don't shoot. She was sleeping after a long shift as an EMT. Remember those stories? All lies. They all turn out to be lies. And in this case, what do you say? Oh, he was just going to get his kids. That's what this, this crook of an attorney puts out there. He was just going to get his kids. Really? In the front seat? In the driver's seat? In the driver's seat, he was, go he was on the passenger side. Why didn't he reach in the car from the passenger side to check on his kids? He walked all the way to the front, <laughs> the front of the car, around to the driver's side, goes and reaches his hands into the driver's side to check on his kids. Doesn't matter how preposterous it is. That's it. That's the story that's out there. And it comes right from his attorney. Got to get that. Got to get that lie going. Got to get it circulating. And now you know what it is. It's the story. Doesn't matter that it's that is preposterous. Doesn't matter that it's ridiculous. Doesn't matter that it's completely absurd. Doesn't matter that it defies logic. You're not looking for logic. You're looking for emotion. You're looking for hysteria. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for TV time. And now you got it. And then, of course, you circulate the most flattering photo possible of the guy while the city burns the ground. That's what you do. And if the reports about this guy and his rap sheet and what he's being charged with right now are true, then those pictures are bullshit. And I'm, I, listen, I'm a wait-and-see guy. Wait and see what the cops did. Wait and see what they say. Wait and see if there's an angle where it sees what was in the guy's hand. And the other thing is, people talk about his rap sheet. Be careful with that. He might not be the only Jacob Blake in Kenosha. Could be. It could be him. But it looks pretty bad for him. And you say, well, listen, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. See, see, that's what we're talking about now. You're trying to vilify the man. You're trying to give the cops an out. No, I'm not. No, no, no. You're trying to create an impression. You're the bullshitter. You're the one trying to manipulate the situation. Don't tell me it doesn't matter if he has a rap sheet. Don't tell me it doesn't matter if he sexually assaulted a 14-year-old, which is true, which according to some reports is what's, what's happened here. Don't tell me it doesn't matter because you're trying to create the impression he's an angel. Remember that picture of Trayvon Martin in the, in the Hollister shirt? That damn picture had to be four or five years before he died. But they wanted him to look like a little kid because they wanted to create an impression. So don't tell me it doesn't matter. If it didn't matter, you wouldn't circulate those pictures. You wouldn't pick and choose. It's the same two or three pictures of the guy. Of course, he's with his kids looking happy-go-lucky. And some of this doesn't add up, too, because according to his father, he's a security guard. And it looks like there's pictures of him working as a security guard, possibly with a weapon. Well, if he's got all these weapon charges and he's got all this stuff on his rap sheet, how is he working security anywhere? So something's not adding up here. So that's why I don't, I don't jump to conclusions either way. You know what I mean? But in the meantime, meantime, let's just burn Kenosha to the ground. And I'm looking at a church that has a, a Black Lives Matter sign 
right right in its driveway. I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, man, you know, the irony of that is just crazy. It's just ridiculous. Unbelievable. And you got the governor of Wisconsin to Bernie Sanders to Joe Biden. They have already convicted these cops without knowing anything about what happened. And, of course, LeBron James hit send on a tweet that he's had written for three months. They're cowards. Every single one of them, they are cowards. Every single time. It's not the first time. won't be the last time. And it's wrong every single time because the idea is to create an impression, create a narrative, create a story, get everyone wound up to the point, let's riot. Let's riot. And, of course, at the end of all this, well, the only way to solve this is to send a shitload of money to here, to there, wherever. Sean King is out there trying to get people to name the cops involved. Sean King. Sean King, the king of missing money when it comes to Black Lives Matter. And I'll talk about this this whole dynamic when I get to the whole story about Matt and Kelly Stafford and where they're sending their money later. Just send money, guys. We're going to riot. You send money. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And now you got cops now that are being vilified by members of Congress, by mayors, by governors all over the country and professional athletes. They don't give a shit what the truth is because it's good for them. It's an election year. Tony Evers, the governor, the governor of Wisconsin. Okay, go ahead. Send some National Guard troops in. The local cops say, well, listen, they're only sending 250. We need 750. Mark Meadows calls and says, hey, listen, we'll give you 750. He says, no, the governor. No, 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 just 250. Why? Because 750 would put an end to it. Meanwhile, just last night, two people were shot and killed. He doesn't give a shit. doesn't care about them. He cares about the opportunity. I've got to sit here and say I'm standing up to white cops. I might get myself on TV now. I might get myself a spot in the Biden campaign. Maybe the administration if he wins. It's a complete and utter scam. When I, when I see people sending their money to diversity and social justice, this is why I say, where's the money really going? It's going to stir up this bullshit. You had, you had people, they, they openly admitted they had professional organizers from Chicago and Milwaukee coming to town. Came right in, on a, in a caravan on the highway. License plates concealed. These guys don't care. And of, and of course, the sports world has to pick up on it. The Packers make a statement. The Brewers make a statement. The, the Celtics and the Raptors threaten to boycott game one of their series. And do what, guys? Play a best of six? I mean, Mike, you go for it. That's how, that's how smart the thought process is here. So hopefully he pulls through. I hope Jacob Blake pulls through. And by the way, I'd laugh my ass off if he pulled through, woke up, you know, came to and, and said, listen, guys, I got to say, first of all, I apologize for my behavior. <laughs> You know, if he says, hey, I fucked up and I, I want to be part of the solution here, not going to happen. Like, don't, I'm not holding my breath. Not going to happen. Even his father was saying anything that happens in Kenosha isn't his fault. This is the cop's fault. Basically, get out there and riot, guys. And you've got, you've got politicians encouraging this shit. Two people died last night. One guy gets shot, doesn't die, and hopefully he doesn't. Now, he's, he's, not, he's not in great shape. I mean, he's not walking. He's paralyzed right now. Maybe they don't know how that's going to play out. But you're so upset about that, you got two people killed just last night alone. Lighting the town on fire. Crazy. Just, I mean, absolutely crazy. Hopefully he pulls through and he can go and face those charges. I mean, the bottom line is if he pulls through, he's still going to face, you know, massive charges. There are people, okay, and he'll probably face charges for this too. There are people who are, they, oh, I'm praying for the guy. Bullshit. These same activists, a lot of them hope he passes away because they can make a martyr out of him. They can scream murderer. They can get more riots. If he survives and, uh, and ends up walking and everything, then he's just a guy where it went wrong. And if they, God forbid, he had a gun or, or they can corroborate that he said he had a gun, the whole thing goes south. 
But if he dies, it, it, all that gets lost in the shuffle. He survives and comes back. God forbid he says says anything to incriminate him. Oh my God, forget it. Be the worst thing that ever happened. So we will see what happens. Hopefully Mr. Blake pulls through. But uh, these riots and everything are just an absolute embarrassment to, to any area that lets him go on. I'm sorry. I got, I got, listen, I have no time for dirty cops, bad cops, any of that stuff. Okay? But police shootings happen every single day in every combination of colors. They really, really do. I promise you they do. But these riots only happen when it's one particular situation and they try to milk these situations. And why is, why is it that the same attorney shows up to these cases and as soon as he shows up, there's riots? Arbery, Taylor, and now Blake. He shows up, he comes up with a lie. I mean, it's a blatant lie every single time and every single time there's riots. And you're going to tell me that's a coincidence? I'm going to tell you you're an idiot. Sorry. Just how it is. Speaking of idiots... All of you Ellen apologists out there, which included Kevin Hart, which, you know, Kevin Hart is going to get Ellen's back because Ellen got his, got his back when he was taking, uh, taking heat, I think it was last year or the year before, about some comments he made and, you know, he wasn't going to be allowed to host the Oscars and yada yada. She got his back. Now he gets her back talking about how great he's always tre- she's always treated him and his family. Yeah, you know, Kevin, the problem is not the way Ellen has treated you and, the, and your fellow A-listers. Not, not, the, not the way she's treated Tom Hanks or Oprah or the Obamas or John Legend. You know, all the all the dub, the super A-plus listers out there. It's how she's treated regular people. And the idea that she had no idea what was going on on the set of her show or behind the scenes of her show is absolutely preposterous. This show's been going on for a very long time. She's in charge. She ultimately has to take some kind of responsibility for the behavior here. You got producers, executive producers, grabbing guys by the dick. I'm not kidding. Demanding blowjobs at parties. It's fine, though, right? Because they're gay. No big deal. Hey, they're gay. I know plenty of gay guys who don't act like that, okay? It's actually most of them, okay? They're called, it's called being an adult. It's called being a responsible human being. There was supposedly a rule there where employees were forbidden to make eye contact with her. And again, she has no idea where this came from. I have no idea the stuff's going on. Where'd they come up with this? My God, he grabbed your penis? Oh, that's horrible. I mean, you know he's gay, right? Yeah, I, we get it, Ellen. She is hiding behind the idea that she's female and the fact that she's gay. And I don't care who's got a problem with me saying it. If that was a guy, okay, a straight, straight white Christian guy, we've seen how they get treated because I'm going to show you a couple of them in a couple minutes. Okay, and exactly how they get treated for, for far less than this. These are crimes. These are sexual assaults going on on a regular basis. And she has no idea. And then people aren't allowed to make eye contact with her. And she has no idea where that came from either. But it's a pattern. This is very important, by the way. Okay, as we talk about the pandemic and what goes on, it's important to not wallow in self-pity and not wallow in misery and not amp up the drama when it comes to the pandemic. But there's a pandemic here. And it's not just the United States. It's going on in India. They're having a problem now in France and Germany, everywhere else. It is what it is. Totally political thing. I get it. Where where everyone's trying to take an angle to it. But if you're just being real about it, it's a problem. Australia. Remember how great New Zealand was doing? Now they're having a problem. You can blame Donald Trump all you want. If you want to blame someone in America, it's the guys from New York and New Jersey. But we're not going to get into that right now. Okay, but it hits and there are, there are effects when you have to deal with certain situations. And how you act in these situations a lot of times says a lot about a company or a person. When the pandemic hit, you know what the rumor is? She shifted production to her home. We know that because that's, that's where the show was done. And she hired a different crew and she left her employees just hanging. Just left them jobless. Hey, tough shit, guys. Got a new crew. New crew. Show goes on, but not with you, with, with the new crew. New guys. They're the home guys. When I need the, when I, when you, but listen, hang tight. I might need you again. 
I'm not kidding. Now, were they able to apply for unemployment and everything? Yeah, sure. But this is California, remember. And California is one of many states. Florida is another one. New York and New Jersey are pretty bad. But apparently, California and Florida were just awful. People are still waiting to get their first unemployment checks. It's August, people. It's August. Not to mention, you know, all the, the, the disaster that has been. And I just, you know, I talked about it earlier. But the disaster we're looking at now where people aren't getting unemployment at all, basically. They're getting a tiny little bit from the state, but not the federal stuff. It's unacceptable and it has to be it has to be addressed and it has to be addressed very soon. But there's some people that aren't getting money at all. And this is this is the position she put them in. So basically the persona you see from Ellen on the show is an act. That 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 cute little smile and the giggling and the dry sense of humor. It's an act. It's bullshit. Out there giving away Walmart's money as if it's her own. Okay? She's a liar. She's just a liar. So you know what her response is? Totally predictable. The teary-eyed apology. Sorry, guys. Things are going to change around here. Things are going to be different now. Sorry. I'm going to start offering you guys perks. What's that? Perks. You're getting perks. Not Percocets, which some of them would probably prefer, but perks. I'm like, all right. What is this now? This is eerily similar to companies like Uber and Lyft and Instacart and, you know, these companies that are in the news lately trying to basically get away with and paying slave wages. I don't know how to add a other way to put a sweatshop wages. Is that, a, is that a better way to put it? It's terrible the way they treat their, their workers. But every time they're called out, we could have a conversation. This thing, the, guy, the guy from Uber. I know we should have a conversation. We can do better. I mean, you can do better. You can't do worse. Of course, you can do better. You just don't want to do better, you piece of garbage. Get out of here. So she's going to give him perks. And I'm like, okay, here we go. What's this? Now you get your birthday off. Paid. Paid day off on your birthday. I'm not sure what happens when it's on Saturday or Sunday. We didn't get to that. What if it's on like Good Friday? What happens then? Not that she, I don't, she doesn't strike me very religious the way she behaves, but I'm just saying, what happens if it's on like a hot, what happens if your birthday is like on Christmas or something like that? Do you also get that? I don't know. Not sure how that works. The same thing goes with doctor visits and or family emergencies. In other words, she was docking pay for people with family emergencies. Now that she's not doing it anymore, it's a perk. Not good, Alan. Not good. What do you mean you got a lump in your breast? We're doing a show here. Okay. Good luck with that. I'll clock out first. Make sure you clock out. And hurry back. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. And she acts like this is some kind of big deal. This might have, if you, like say she has like 200 employees and between a paid birthday for each one of them and, you know, some, what's going to cost her? hundred grand? She makes $77 million a year. <laughs> but, but hey, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter and gay pride and all... All the really cool woke bullshit that gets people like her off the hook. That's why I can't stand this shit. You understand? That's why. Because now when you really get to know how they actually treat people, you can see they really don't give a shit about people at all. That's the woke crowd for you. Okay? It's all garbage. It's actually a smokescreen so they can treat people like dog shit and cash in on it at the same time. Speaking of that, Matt Stafford's wife made a... Well, the Staffords made a donation to University of Georgia, which is nothing uncommon for them. They earmarked $350,000 to diversity. That was it, just diversity. And I, I said, what, what the hell does that mean? What, what is that? What's the breakdown of that? There's a lot of hungry people out there right now. You're giving three hundred fifty grand to diversity. The Brooklyn Nets are giving $50 million. The owners of the Nets are giving $50 million. There's people down the street from Barclays Center waiting in line for food right now, and they're giving $50 million to social justice. It's ridiculous. And when I called around, people started giving me shit. Well, they don't have to give anything. They could do this. They could do this. I said, look, all I said is there's some hungry people out there. I'd like to know where the University of Georgia is spending $350,000 on diversity. 
and the Staffords give a lot, and I and I and I gave credit for that. It wasn't like I ignored that. I, I was very very clear about it. And again, you can follow me on Twitter at BC AK the Man. I was very very clear about all that stuff. You know, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't knocking them for that stuff. But they usually get, do a lot of giving. and They do it kind of quietly. They have a, rep, have a reputation for that. But she was very public about that. And you know why? Because it was coupled with an apology to Colin Kaepernick. Okay, and the fact that she had said that you know. She believed in standing for the anthem. And where have we seen this before? She goes, oh, I was dead wrong. This is becoming a shakedown. Where basically, I don't know if she's approached. I don't know if somebody comes to her and says, listen, you better you better fork over some money and come up with an apology or we're going to go after you the way we went after Drew Brees. Either way, she's trying to avoid the Drew Brees treatment. And she's turning her back on all the people that supported her when she was obviously telling the truth about how she felt to begin with. Now, oh, I was dead wrong. I was dead wrong. Well, wait a second. Wait a minute. Now you're, now you're dead wrong. Does that mean all your supporters are dead wrong too? That's ridiculous. You know, it's, 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 it's completely, completely ridiculous. And, and to be honest with you, I have a very good point here. No one can tell me where the money's going. People go back and forth. I go, you know, you could shut me up right now if you could tell me where the money goes. Well, it's going to diversity. Diversity. What does it matter? You don't like diversity? I just find it funny that you've got an issue with this type of donation. Yeah, I've got an issue with this type of donation because every other kind of donation, they tell you where it's going. It's going to a concert or, or, you know, you don't got to tell me the name of the concert. You say, oh, it's earmarked for entertainment, for concerts, for comedy shows. This is going to scholarship fund. This is going to underprivileged kids. This is going to, they don't, oh, it's going to diversity. What the fuck does that mean? You're going to hire a couple of female coaches. You're gonna, you know what they're going to do with this money? Here's what they're going to do with it. They're going to run a couple ads. They're going to pay to run ads with Kirby Smart, who also threw 150000 of his own money. And they're going to go, they're going to make a couple ads with some black players and talk about how committed they are. To, to, to change in the culture, yada, yada. Then they're going to pay some asshole an obscene amount of money to spend a day or two with the kids and do diversity training. You know, the great thing about sports is that you learn that stuff to begin with. And it starts with a good coach. You shouldn't need a diversity. Diversity training is horseshit. It's one of the biggest scams out there. The, the latest thing is you basically come in and you tell white guys how bad they are. And it's like, give me a fucking break, guys. Coexist. And in college especially, you're, this is where you're supposed to develop some of these skills for life. And coaches are already supposed to be on this. You're not supposed to be paying someone else to do it or giving your school money for it. Give me a fucking break. The minute you question, oh my God, how are you questioning it? I can't believe it. Yeah, I am questioning it because you know what? You can shut me up in a minute if you told me where the money goes. But you can't because it's too embarrassing and you can't even figure it out to begin with. My God. Ridiculous. Where do we want to go next? Uh, you know, if we're doing the NFL, I'll do the Earl Thomas thing real quick. Somebody, a couple people asked me about this. Earl Thomas basically just pain in the ass himself out of Baltimore is the best way to put it. He didn't get cut for having a fight on the field. I don't know even I don't even know who we got in a, on a, in a fight on the field with. But if guys were getting cut for having fights in training camp, I mean, I mean this would happen. It would happen every day because it does happen every day in training camps. You'd have guys dropping like flies. Not to say you want guys necessarily throwing fists at each other with helmets and stuff. You want you know cooler heads to prevail, but it's just not the way it is. It's hot. You know, you're getting the competitive juices flowing. Some of you might have been, like in this particular year, you've been in lockdown or you know, some kind of restricted lifestyle, depending on what part of the country you spend your offseason. There's fights all the time. You know, men will be men, boys will be boys, all that stuff. It's not a big deal. But in his particular case, apparently you had an issue with his teammates. They did not like him very much, which doesn't mean it's his fault. That, that doesn't necessarily mean it's his fault. What is his responsibility and what is, in a lot of ways, his fault is the incident that happened, and, and there's been so much going on in 2020, you forgot about this. The incident where his wife pointed a gun at him a few months ago. 
because he was basically swapping women with his brother and she caught on and she just basically appeared with a gun. And I don't know, I don't know if she fired at him or not. I, I forget. I guarantee you the Ravens said to him, hey, listen, you're basically, you're out of chances. You're going to be on whatever you want to call it, a short leash. You know, what, you're, not, you know you're going to walk a fine line. We're going to, zero tolerance, whatever. And sometimes you just get tired of a person. You understand? You're just tired of their shit. That's just how it is. I think I've told the story before. But, you know, Charlie Manuel one time, I saw, I think I saw the clip. I don't think I was watching the game. Barking at the home plate umpire while he's the manager of the Phillies. And after a while, the, the, the umpire steps back, pulls his mask off, goes, all right, Charlie, get the fuck out of here. And just throw, just threw him out. He just had it with his shit. And sometimes with somebody, you're like, you know what? Enough of this. It's not getting any better. And that could apply to a lot of things. Not just, not just the football. It could, it could apply to any walk of life, any kind of work situation, personal situation, whatever. You're like, you know what? This shit is just not getting better. Okay? The other possibility, which kind of ties in with this, is do the Ravens want to see what happens next? Because if this is him on his best behavior, what's you know what I mean? What's coming next? And is there, I'm sure there were a lot of people after the incident with his wife that were like, okay, let's get rid of him within the Ravens organization. There's no question about that. They stuck with him, just didn't work. And, you know, the way, look, knowing the Harbaugh's and the way they like to run their, their teams, that's not for them. You know, a, a lack of predictability, you know, or a lack of stability amongst the players doesn't work for that family. It just doesn't. That's all there is to it. Just, that's, just, that's just how it works. Um... I was going to talk about Megan the Stallion, but I can't even bother. You know, Megan the Stallion's out there trying to empower women by giving them money and singing a song about her vagina with Cardi B. She just now last week gets around to saying that that what we all know, Tory Lanez is the one that shot her. And as far as I know, he's just walking around and it's no big deal. You want to empower women? How about telling them? How about telling the cops who shot you in both feet? That's that's I, I can't I can't even I, I can't even it's it's so again. This has been one of the stupidest couple of weeks I've seen in my life. It's just been absolutely, between the politics and some of the other garbage, and it's just been absolutely terrible. On that point, Tom Brenneman, slip of the tongue, uh, thinks he is off camera, thinks his mic is off. When you're wearing a mic, guys, it's a good chance it's on. Uh, let's slip what I would call the other F word, the one that the homosexuals don't care for, even though they use it on a regular basis amongst themselves, uh, but I digress. Um, you're going to fire him, that's fine. But it's the piling on afterwards from, you know, some of the girls from The Athletic and other people about how this has no place in sports, no place in baseball, just so you know, to the LGBT crew, you are loved and blah, 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 blah. But Howard Stern uses this word all the time. Howard Stern, I mean, Howard Stern is, in fact, there was a, you know, there was a clip from like, like last year on the Howard Stern show where they had a guy who I guess is a phone sex operator. He might be straight, I'm not sure, but he, but he specializes in gay phone sex. And the, the language and everything, very clear. I mean, it's not, that's not even the worst word that Howard has said, but somehow Howard, Howard gets a pass because he's Howard and we love him. There might be a couple other factors there too, but hey, he's Howard and we love him. Dave Chappelle has used this word in his act many times, and people have spoken up about it, but they've never said, well, he shouldn't have a career, let's get up. No, that, that never happens. And I'll give you another one, and I wasn't going to ruin his birthday or act like this because it would have been wrong, but Kobe Bryant just, he just, had, he just had what would have been his 42nd birthday. Well, in 2011, Kobe, Kobe Bryant... Went to the bench, banged on a chair a few times, and called Benny Adams the same word. In fact, he threw fucking in front of it. Didn't mean it as friendly. Kobe, Kobe ain't gay, and I don't think Benny Adams is either. There are, I think there are a couple gay refs in the, in the NBA. Benny Adams isn't one of them, but still. And Kobe apologized, and, he, and I think he got suspended for a game. He got fined $100,000. Okay, fine. They just got done worshiping him on his, on his birthday. The Lakers are wearing special uniforms to honor him in the next round of the playoffs. Where are all of the no-place-in-sports people when it comes to him? And, and I think it would be wrong in that case as well. But my point is that it's all bullshit. 
Just like Ellen. You like Ellen? So it's okay she treats people like dog shit. In fact, ironically enough, guess who one of the people was that went to, came to her defense? Howard Stern. He said, I would just be a prick. Of course you would. Because you're at a point where you know you're not going anywhere. Got that big contract at Sirius. They're not going to get rid of you. They're not going to go through all the modes. Because Howard's going to say in a lawsuit, say, hey, you know what you're getting yourself into. I've used, much, I've used worse language than this. I've used the N-word and gotten away with it. But hey, it's Howard. Straight white Christian guy? Yeah, a little different. A little different. Tom Brenneman's got to know better. And he's very apologetic, and you know what? He deserves, he's a very good broadcaster. Fox got rid of him for the fall, for the, for the NFL stuff. It, it's ridiculous. If his career is really over, it's ridiculous. You know, and like, I, look, I understand you got to be careful. If everyone in and around Major League Baseball who had used that word was tossed out of baseball because there's just no place in the sport for someone like that, you would not have a league. Okay, I'm just be, we're just being honest here, guys. And we saw, um, was it Ian Desmond who's taking the year off for the Rockies? Did I get that right? Uh, you know, we saw him talk about how there's racist and homophobic language in Major League locker rooms. Of course there is, because there is everywhere. It's just that now people have rabbit ears, and now people, you know, the overreactive nature of, of politics and some people who want to be part of that so bad has just gotten out of control. And now he, listen, he said it. He, he said it, and he, he was wrong for saying it. He knows he's wrong for saying it. He know he know he knows it. He knows he screwed up. But the idea that his career is over and that you know they take it so far to where he's hateful and you know he loses slurs and I don't even use slurs in my you know some of these no talents from the athletic, which is just a pile of trash. I'm not gonna. First of all, you gotta pay to read their articles. I would never pay for that. Never never once would I pay for that. But they've had layoff on top of layoff on top of layoff lately. Just like a lot of places, I think. Uh, I think Bleacher Report just had a bunch of layoffs too. But it's basically, you can, you can tell if you want a job at The Athletic these days, your politics better be of a certain, uh, of a certain type. And that's all there is to it. So I thought, they, I thought it was cowardly the way they piled on him. And how about Mike Milbury? Mike Milbury makes a comment about the NHL bubble about how this is something that, you know, they dealt with in the NBA and the MLS too. Yeah, about how there's no women there and how women can be a distraction. So, yeah, the guys are focused on hockey in the bubble. They're just trying to make a, a little bit of a joke there and make light of something that I just talked about with the college kids. And it was one of the first things I thought about with the NBA and the MLS. You had the kid from the Seahawks that had to get cut because he actually tried to sneak a girl in there. Or she tried to sneak herself in there wearing a Seahawks hoodie and they caught her and they said, no, get out of here. That was it. And they cut him. This, this is a consideration and a very valid part of this whole scenario. I mean, Kyle Walker from Manchester City got, you know, he invites a couple of hookers over to his house with him and a buddy. He gets caught. I'm sorry. I know they're sex workers now. I, they're hookers. That's fine. Um, he, has a, he has a little, you know, a little two-man party with these girls. Word leaks out because apparently you can't trust the sex workers slash hookers slash prostitutes slash escort, whatever, whatever we're calling them today. Whatever, whatever words are getting us in trouble or not getting us in trouble when you, when you, you know, refer to... The hookers. He has a party. He apologized. It's a, it's a, it's an issue, guys. What are they supposed to do? The guys are supposed to go basically, you know, for three, four months. These are these are professional athletes who are used to basically, you know, having women want to be around them. And some of these guys, I'm not saying they're all man whores or anything like that. I mean, some of these guys are married with girlfriends. But like right before the NBA, uh, you know, started their their bubble routine, they had, you know, a lot of guys were posting pics on Instagram saying goodbye to their significant others. Like, hey, I'll see you soon. I'm like, yeah, these guys are gonna have to go without, you know. Without seeing their lady for a while, it's 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 a consideration. And next thing you know, he's off the he's off the air for the rest of the playoffs. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. 
And, and who is leading the charge? Katie Strang from The Athletic. She's so tired of this shit. Katie, there's a reason. Enough. Okay, please. Anytime you see a sports writer wrap themselves up in this stuff, nine times out of ten, it's because they have something called a lack of talent. Anybody can talk about this woke bullshit, but if you can't actually break down the games, you can't actually talk about what's going on on the field or on the court, you talk about this shit. You understand? And I listen, I, cover, I, I talk about a lot of stuff. I talk, I talk about a wide range of topics. If I want to talk about games, and we'll do that when, when the NFL comes back and eventually when college football comes back, we'll do that a lot. I'm not going to go game by game in the NBA playoffs, which, by the way, I've been a dud. I mean, it's a nice effort by the NBA and with the NHL to sort of spruce up these rooms and, you know, put, you know some of the digital stuff that's there. They've done a very nice job. But the NBA games are just not good, guys. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe in round two they get better. But you got LeBron showing up to a press conference with a copy of the autobiography of Malcolm X. Like, you can't say one thing about the book that he likes when he's questioned on it, but he shows up there with a the book in his hand like he's got a book report due this week. It's the most ridiculous shit in the world, but they're focused on other things. Ratings are also down. I mean, they're way, way down. You, you could say weather time of year, but there's a lot of shit that's closed right now, and you would think people would, would be into sports. Yeah, they'd be into good sports. Sure. These, guys, these are not good games. You know, and, and I understand it's a, it's a weird thing, but get, getting rid of Mike, Mike Milbury for something so ridiculously innocent is a joke. And just to put it into context, okay, and, and, and staying in line with the whole lack of talent theme, you had Jamel Hill earlier this week compare the United States to Nazi Germany, which I'm not even going to get into all the different ways of how that is completely and utterly fucked up because she's completely and utterly fucked up. She's an objectionable human being. And this is, when I talk about lack of talent, no, this is her talent. At least in her mind. And she's got it. Listen, she's got over a million Twitter followers. She got a couple podcasts. She writes for the Atlantic. Good for her. Whatever that's about. But the bottom line is, this was somebody who was hosting ESPN's flagship show at 6 o'clock. And, you know, you only know about her because of Disney's Magic Kingdom, you know, Bristol campus. That's the only reason you know about her. Okay? And ever since Disney's come in here, it's been one horrible idea after the next. And I know what they were thinking. Let's get two black people to host the 6 p.m. Sports Center. Oh, my God. And one of them will be female. How great is that? How great is... Have you ever heard of such a thing? A black man and a black woman? Oh, my God. They were doing some show, I think, which I think aired at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then they moved him to 6 o'clock, and it was a disaster. Now, part of it was because they were carried away, especially her, with Colin Kaepernick, and it became like a like an every show thing. It became a problem like on every single... Like every single show was about Colin Kaepernick, and it was boring, and it was lazy. And it really just came down to this is this is what she's good for. She doesn't she doesn't really have the ability to do the stuff that you're supposed to do as the six PM Sports Center host. And if you want to change it up, I don't get listen, I don't care I don't care what color the hosts are, to be honest with you. I mean TNT does NBA broadcasts all the time with Ernie Johnson and it's almost always three black guys with them. And they do a great job. You know, same thing, ESPN does have some studio shows where they've got some really great talent. Some of it sucks, and a lot of times the talent is former players. You know, I love listening to Lewis Riddick. I mean, I, I love listening to, uh, even, I, I like Shaq. I like Charles Barkley. I like this. Okay, Jamel Hill, like the bottom line, Jamel Hill and Michael, Michael Smith are terrible on that show. And Michael Smith used to be really good. Jamel Hill is terrible. Absolutely terrible. But it doesn't matter. Still gets a job at 6 p.m. Sports Center. screws that up. Now she's making comments like this and pissing people off from all walks of life. Nothing's going to happen to her. At least she didn't make some ridiculous, horrible, offensive comment, some hurtful, painful comment like, Women can be a distraction to men in a bubble. Give me a break. That is all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Also, follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at BCAK The Man. Also, YouTube at BCAK The Man. And follow the show 
at Air Attack Radio on Twitter. And remember, the Air Attack with BC the Man can be found on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor, on YouTube, and soon on Twitch TV. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with my man from Nashville. Here's Chase Allen. See amazing. I am BC the Man. See you next time on the Air Attack.